0: I'm Jill Hopkins. I'm at my house. There's Mike McGee. He's our senior tech correspondent. He's at his house. Mike McGee! Yo, yo. We have business to attend to. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: We have Tech Talk. And speaking of business, Amazon, uh, the workers of Amazon specifically, walked out of their places of business. They are not having it. And I kind of get it. Talk to me about it.
1: Yeah, so Amazon, uh, Whole Foods, which, you know, Amazon uh, now owns, they acquired them, I believe it was last year for a cool $13 billion plus, Uh, also Instacart, and uh, I think Amazon workers went on strike yesterday, if yesterday was Monday, right, yeah, because days are five years long now, Uh, and then Amazon uh, workers also struck uh, as well, uh, the first Amazon warehouse was in New York at a facility I think in Staten Island where you know officially they said it was one case of uh COVID-19 was confirmed but uh, there were other workers saying that there had been at least 10 workers um you know with uh at least COVID-19 symptoms so obviously if you're a worker uh, being in their shoes um you know I, you know I would strike too because it's a safety hazard um at the very least uh, and there was one sign from the protest actually just news came out earlier today that the amazon uh employee that you know led or you know created the strike was actually fired um you know this morning so that's,
0: Am- that's illegal. I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's not something you're allowed to do that's we're not going to be hearing the last of that
1: i'm sure we won't uh i'm sure like i didn't go into the details of the story i'm sure amazon found a Another reason to fire uh, that employee that wasn 't directly related to uh, the strike because yes, that would be illegal so but this is not the the first example, even outside of just the current global pandemic times, but especially with tech companies around uh, the world, uh, there have been other strikes or attempts at unionization and it somehow happens that the leaders, the employees that are trying to gather support for these efforts, mysteriously get let go <laughs> um, for other reasons. So uh, this is not a new play uh, in the tech company playbook. Uh, but yeah, so those three companies, uh, especially now that we've shifted into high delivery, if you have the ability to order, um, you know, essential items or order groceries, we are depending more on these, uh, you know, workers more than ever. And they are also putting themselves at, you know, just extremely perilous risk of contracting COVID-19 or just other, um, you know, ailments in this time to help us get the, you know, products that we, you know, want or need um, now that we are in shelter in place, you know, in many states and cities around the country. Yeah,
0: although there is, I think, another issue that they're having that I've seen in action is that they're not, I I guess, sharing enough information with the employees about how to properly take care of themselves. The dance that I had to do with a delivery person last week was the Mm. most awkward. I didn't know how to interact, and they didn't seem to know how to interact. And next thing you know, like there's bottle shopping on the ground. It was a whole mess. But I think uh, hopefully that this will cause uh, some CEOs to really take uh, training and safety under the correct amount of consideration. This is wild.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, communication is a big issue, you know, with, you know, Amazon and the various facilities and other companies, the workers are under a cloud of uncertainty as well of just the how to operate, you know, just kind of the basic uh, steps to, you know, uh, at least prevent the spread or minimize the spread It's just a, you know, a big cloud of uncertainty for everyone involved. So it makes sense that it trickles to, the actual customers and how to do that. I've seen some really good examples for restaurants and bars uh, that have set up, uh, and it takes work, but to set up a process for, you know, curbside, no touch delivery. And, you know, here are the four to five steps that will go that will happen to make sure that, you know, you don't, you know, directly touch another person, Um, you know, Grubhub and I know like Caviar and a number of the, uh, you know, the apps that you can use for delivery have uh, instructions and have sent emails out to customers uh, with, you know, clear steps on how to indicate that you want a, a no touch or a contactless delivery. So it takes work, um, but it is doable. Um, and it seems that overall yeah. people have been able to switch.
0: their hosts are facing a really, I guess not unique because everybody's suffering in this way, but a really interesting uh, conundrum during these coronavirus times. But Airbnb seems to be doing the right thing, which seems incorrect.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I've been following this for a little bit and they're doing the right thing now, but they didn't start in a, you know, the right thing, quote unquote, is subjective to depending on who the customer is. Um, You know, you have obviously the hosts uh, that are in a tough spot because no one's booking Airbnbs uh, around the country. You have guests in a tough spot because they have booked, uh, you know, uh, Airbnbs in the month of March and now can't go uh, to those. Like I was going to go to New Orleans uh, for this week, actually, in two days. Um, hashtag tears, um, for just to go to New Orleans, cause it's a, a wonderful city. One of my favorites, uh, in the world. What was I going for? Uh, the final four college basketball, a women's basketball tournament. And I had a plane ticket that I bought in January, but I had held off on Airbnb. And as the coronavirus fears got more, like got closer, and then we started having confirmed cases in the United States, uh, I, you know, just decided not to book. Because um, you pay, you know, most of those, unless you get some kind of special deal, you pay all that money up front. Um, so I got lucky by not ordering, you know, a hotel or Airbnb. But there are many other people uh, that have booked Airbnbs months in advance for trips in March uh, that were out hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars. So Airbnb has added another quarter billion dollars uh, to pay back. Uh, both guests and hosts, enough Airbnb hosts got very angry at Airbnb because they were not honoring refunds. Uh, There was a hilarious, well, again, subjective hilarious video that kind of circulated on Twitter with some guy, and it it felt like it was a parody, but he was just so comically angry um, at Airbnb that it felt like, it's like, wait, is this a joke? Are they real Airbnb hosts mad at the company? Uh, But it seems like Airbnb is trying to refund both guests and hosts, now, the problem for that is good for hosting guests, bad for Airbnb, the company. So they're spending millions of dollars and they're not getting new business. So they're, you know, doing hiring freezes. They're laying off people. Uh, they've been trying to go public, you know, stock market, and they've had to you know, delay those and really has put their business in jeopardy.
0: We have folks in the the comments here at Crave Chicago that have some theories about how Airbnb will Ride out this coronavirus times. Are they one of those companies that's too big to fail, or are they just as vulnerable as lots of other uh, companies find themselves being right now?
1: Yeah, I don't think they're gonna fail anytime soon. I mean, they've had billions of dollars of investment over the past what well, now twelve years. You know, they started around oh seven oh eight. A lot of you know investors, venture capital firms tied up in their success, uh, prolonged success. I mean, again, they're on the verge of. Going public, so you know. Hopefully, and I'm sure they're you know hoping every day that you know the United States can get their act together with the shelter in place and testing and all the uh, reactive and proactive measures we're taking uh, to slow the flatten the curve and uh, to you know slow down this uh, virus. Hope I'm sure Airbnb wants to, us to get back to normal as soon as possible, but I think they could ride out. Most of twenty twenty um they'll have to make you know significant cuts if we can't get back to booking uh you know hotels and under airbnb's ownership and uh you know homes and apartments under their ownership, but I think they'll survive into twenty twenty one but there are many other small and medium sized businesses that if they don't get government support uh and we don't get back to quote unquote normal uh sooner rather than later, that will be in serious jeopardy of closing their doors.
0: That's Mike McGee. He's super smart. I'm Jill Hopkins. Okay.
1: All right. Oh, uh, I'm how in- dare you, Jill? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I'm
0: at home. I'm at home and Mike's at home and we're in the same neighborhood, but it feels really far away. It's bumming me out. It's been a week, Mike McGee.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, days in 2020 have to count for like months. And so, yeah, oh. we're going to have to change our ages and everything.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, We are all going through it in these COVID-19 times. I wonder what the the name, well, you know how like in like apocalypse movies and like post apocalypse movies and there's always like a name for the time like before and then the time after and it's always really ominous sounding. I hope we get a good, at least a good ominous name for this whole thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was listening to, yeah, ominous. Yeah. I'm with you. I was listening to a a planet money episode earlier today and it kind of just worked very seamlessly that it was like BC is before coronavirus or before Corona and like, you know, AC is after Corona. So already kind of fit in there again. It's not ominous. It's very, it's basic, but it works. Um, Just to explain, you know, just a few weeks ago, at least here in the United States, we were still doing very normal things. And now just weeks later, it is completely different for millions of Americans. So, yeah, I mean, it's just interesting how people in different generations call it. So you got like COVID-19, it's kind of like the official business speak, but also like the Gen Z or whatever, and then millennials like the Rona and various different, uh, you know, nicknames. But we have time, (laughs) a lot of it to figure it out.
0: Uh, get resourceful in times like these uh, and we do have to ask ourselves how we're going to be resourceful in times like these and you've come to us with a COVID-19 tip of the week uh, should we keep ordering packages? We still have to do yeah. stuff and we get stuff done but how should we do that and do we involve male people?
1: Yeah there's been a lot of you know chatter on social media and just on the internet and through articles about You know, since we can't, you know, go out and purchase things as often unless you go to a grocery store and, uh, you know, other essential businesses, you are, you know, increasing your online uh, purchases. And those purchases come primarily in cardboard boxes. Uh, There have been many stories about how long, you know, can coronavirus be transferred via uh, cardboard boxes, and how long does the virus live on certain surfaces? And reports of like up to three days. And so I've seen, you know, uh, posts or tweets, you know, on Twitter about how people have like they just don't touch their packages for three days, or they have, but they've cordoned off their door and they keep their packages there for 72 hours and then they, you know, use their gloves or some other plastic to transfer the packages. And, you know, it's always great to default to. The most preventative measures and washing your hands you know after every outside interaction you know hand sanitizer you name it um i've looked did some research and the science of that haven't backed it up that you know the uh, coronavirus lives on cardboard for up uh, for 72 hours um they essentially the research that i've seen is like you can pick up your packages um, you know, especially if you've washed your hands before and then you wash your hands immediately after taking the package back in. Um, don't touch too many services in between getting the package or not. You should be fine. Um, but just general hygiene should you know significantly reduce, if not eliminate, the threat of getting coronavirus via packages. The common sense is just to be smart and be safe. Um, but you don't have to like, you know, get into a hazmat suit. In, you know, after you set your 72 hour timer if Amazon sends you an email saying hey a package has been delivered now of course that could change because we live in a world now where things change every hour or every day uh, so definitely stay tuned to the news or wherever you get your news um, to see if this holds up um, but right now it should be safe to get your packages
0: alright I I don't have anything waiting yeah. you have to mail something and that's a whole other conversation topic. I don't even know where there's a mailbox. That's my main concern.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a, the, the thing with, you know, coronavirus and, you know, is all this is that we've rethink everything or is we've put a lot of energy into things that were, you know, previously mundane. So uh, good luck with that, you know, project now <laughs> to find out where you can mail stuff It is. I'll
0: incorporate it into a dog walk. There's got to be an app. There's, hey, there's there be- we go mike mcgee thank you so much for joining me i'm gonna let you go and get on with your uh day of of working from home as you do and i'm gonna get on with mine so i'll see you next week take care of yourself
1: you as well always stay safe everyone bye